welcome back to the one where I met your mother. It's a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. <laughs> and how are you? I'm doing okay. You staying warm? Uh, yeah, I'm all bundled up. It's, Let's, I yeah. think it's like uh, temperature. I'm going to guess. Yeah, you guess. I'm going to say 17. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably no. It is it, fifty-five degrees okay, here I was in Los Angeles, say which feels like yeah, 57. about seventeen. Yeah, um, and I can make all the excuses. You know, talked before about like it's about buildings aren't really insulated, especially older buildings like this one. Yeah, that aren't really insulated the yeah. way that like that that some place in the Midwest or whatever is from. Yeah. And, but, but it's really just like you live here long enough, you get acclimated Yeah, and 55 degrees in Los Angeles is the coldest temperature you've ever (laughs) ever experienced. Chills you to the bone. (laughs) Yeah. Chills to the bone. Um, uh, Yeah. But I love it. It means, you know, Christmas is, we're in the heart of the Christmas season. We're in the heart of the, you know, I wish that we could do like themed episodes. Like how fun would it be if it lined up with holidays on the shows yeah. that we're watching. Maybe it will in future years. We've got a lot of these to go, a lot of these seasons to go. That's true. Uh, but yeah, maybe we will. Um, like a festive cocktail. How fun would that be? Ed McLaren. Or like a themed. Yeah. I can like whip up a themed cocktail. For us to have all our podcasts. Yeah. The listener doesn't get to. Well, we can share a recipe so you can. Sure. On your Twitter. On, on my Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me. At. Just kidding. <laughs> I, at although, festive recipes at festive recipes i'll bet hold on i'll bet that's it at festive recipes dot himium yeah um i'm looking to see if there's i did uh, have a, a twitter account at one point and i do it's just inactive there is not a, a it's wide open you okay. could grab at festive recipes if you wanted okay someone will probably do that okay um one of our many if one many of our listeners, listeners steals it from me I think that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go, go right Let us know. Uh, so here, uh, you know what we did? We, we watched season two, episode four of both friends and how I met your mother. Uh, the friends episode, which is what we'll talk about first is called the one with Phoebe's husband. Mm-hmm. The how I met your mother episode is called Ted Mosby architect. We'll get to that later. First, the one with Phoebe's husband. Yeah. We get a non perk opening. It's an apartment. It's in the apartment. Rachel's all alone in the apartment. Yeah. And then she's talking to her mom about... How dangerous uh, the city is. Well, she's talking about, no, she's like reassuring her mom that she's safe. And of course, I was reminded of the... um, Oh, shit. What's her name? Tracy... uh, uh, Ullman? uh, No. um, Chapman? No, the song from when we were in the 90s. Uh, I'm hungry. I'm, lo- I'm losing oh, my mind. Uh, Everything's fine. Tracy. It's two syllables, right? Yes. Tra- it's like Chapman, but it's not. But it's not. Tracy Bingham? Tracy Barham? Tracy Glickman? Glickman? <laughs> Tracy, don't tell me when you come I up I don't even know it. how to look it up because I can't remember the name. Oh, that song's called Mother, Mother, right? Yes, Mother, Mother. Okay, but don't tell me. What does it start with? Oh, hold on. I have to... F- Tracy, I think it starts with a B. Okay. Okay, the song, it does start with a B. <gasps> Tracy Bonham. Tracy <gasps> Bonham. <gasps> you win See? the prize. See, Gray Matter. Yeah. Gray Matter. I'm losing my mind. Everything's okay. fine. And anyone listening to this who isn't within... Like 
18 months of our ages yeah. has no idea what the no, fuck we're talking no. about. <laughs> it's an embarrassing song. I always thought it would be a good karaoke song. I think one of these days I might, I might bust out mother, mother at karaoke. Mm. Although you and I haven't done karaoke since before the pandemic. Right. I they still have them, but I'm like, uh, what about that microphone? Like that's a little too yeah. close to someone's mouth. Well, it's more about, I mean, to me it's more about like, like, Singing and yelling indoors is still like, yeah, that's, uh, that's dangerous. Yeah. But you know, you and I are triple, triple protected. Yeah. Yeah. We're immune. <laughs> really? But okay. So, uh, uh, Rachel's in the apartment. She's Tracy Bonneming her mom over the phone and suddenly a pigeon flies in the window. Yeah. Um, unfortunate animal actor rears its ugly head. This is the first, like it, it it's really impressive how she captures the pigeon but that's not faked. I was like, how it's is that? It's a real pigeon. It's a real pigeon that she like. Slams into a pot. I mean, she gently puts a pot over it. And then covers and then it. gently slides the pot onto a table. But then she like flips it over. Yeah. That's, that's the part where I was like. How scared must that pigeon be? Yeah. But there's got to be. That's not just a pigeon they found. Like that's still a trained pigeon. Of course. Of course. Pigeons are actually very smart. Birds and pe- I think they get like a a bad rap. Yeah, they're people just, think they're, they're like, like doves, filthy. but they're exactly people revere doves for their like beauty and have them like released at weddings. But they're just pigeons that are white. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. white privilege pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> That's what doves are. Yeah, pigeons, pigeons with white privilege. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you're you're singing my tune because I love the I love all the animals that people don't love. You know who I especially love in the bird family. The majestic, imposing crow. Oh, me too. I love crows. I always, whenever I see, because I read somewhere that they like always remember faces. Yeah, they like they're very, very smart. Yeah, I think you told me that actually. And so whenever I see one, I like try to like make eye contact with it. Like, hey, I know you're gonna remember me. I'm gonna remember you. See, my thing is like, I think. I try to be extra like cool and nice to crows because I'm like, that crow's going to remember me. Yes. Five years from now, yeah. that crow's going to like, but I try to like let I'm... them know, like I know. And I, um, I approve. And I always like, I try to approach them slowly so they don't feel like they have to move. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes they're huge. They're so big. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love a crow. Okay. Anyway, this poor pigeon is trapped and then suddenly Steve Zahn shows up, which hooray. For Steve Zahn. Yeah. I love Steve Zahn, especially, this is 1995. This is Steve Zahn at the peak of his powers. Peak, peak Zahn. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, even this, this first, just this first scene, he's so great. Um, he shows up. First off, I've had this problem before with like things happening and me being like, did we know this? And you're like, yeah, we knew this. Did we know that Phoebe used to live with Monica? Cause that's, that's why Steve Zahn came there. It's like, does oh. Phoebe looking for Phoebe Buffay? And Rachel's like, she's not here. I can get a message to her. Uh, oh, okay. Does she still live here? I think in call. Oh yeah. 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 I don't remember that happening. Um, so I don't know if this was new information to us. I'm, I'm just imagining if it just like changes Phoebe's whole relationship to right. the, the location. Yeah. The idea that, Uh, sorry our cat is like what is she doing over there snooping among the christmas presents (laughs) (laughs) i get it um so then we find that's how that's how we find out 
like tell her, you know, her husband's looking for her. like what? And yeah. that's when she, she lets the pigeon go. And then Steve's on, like I said, peak of his powers. Yeah. Steve's on just says the line is just, how'd you do that? And it's one of the funniest lines in the episode because yeah. he's Steve's on. And it was as if she like performed like a magic trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so then the the gang we, we cut to the gangs all you know we come back from the the opening towers the gangs all over at at Monica and Rachel's and and they're like Phoebe what you had a you had a husband this whole time and then they start trading other other secrets mm-hmm. like there's a whole thing about how Monica Fun Bobby like tossed Monica's underwear out the window or off the deck or something and it's Monica and Fun Bobby were having sex on her balcony on the balcony and then threw her underwear onto it, like a and it's like still on a power line or yeah, something out there yeah um but it's, so we know some other secrets and too. then we find out that Chandler has a third nipple yep and that Joey appeared in a porno yeah but not he wasn't a porn performer he was acting in a he porn he got he got he was gonna be a porn actor but he got like cold feet last minute and so they kept him in the scene, but it, it wasn't one of the. Yeah, he's the actors. So this is like a subgenre of porn of like exhibitionist porn, right? Yeah. Where like part of the kink is like someone walks in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's who Joey is. He's yeah. the guy who walked in um, this illicit office tryst. Yeah. Um, um, then we finally get to the perk. Thank God. Thank God. We're waiting the whole episode to get to the perk. Julie's there. We we didn't. I, th- I feel like Julie wasn't in the last episode. Is that right? Was she not? I don't even remember. Because no, oh, they were like cleaning heckles. out Heckle's apartment, yeah. so it was yeah, just yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah only family the only core. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, uh, Julie's back. Rachel's still uh, bummed about it, even though I felt like you know the last we left it with Rachel and Julie, also at the perk. Yeah, it seemed like some they bridges were, were being some, built. Yeah. But Rachel's not having it. She's back on her bullshit. Yeah. I think she's like straddling that line of like, she knows that like Julie's a sweet person and she should be nicer, but she can't help but hate her in a way. But she should be able to resist being a jerk, trying to sabotage things. Yeah. And she'll continue to do that throughout this episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, first we get just, I'm still, Look, I'm still so weirded out by how gung-ho Monica is about the Ross and Rachel thing. Well, it was interesting because she said, you know, like, I really wanted you to hook up with Ross also. I I wrote down the line. I wanted you. Well, first off, she calls it honey. She says, honey, I wanted you to hook up with Ross as much as you did. But which is weird because like, that's a weird phrasing of it. Like I wanted to see you with Ross, like not hook up. That seems like, why would you want to see your brother hook up with your best friend? But maybe in different connotation, what I'm saying at this time, 1995 or whatever, you and I are in middle school, hook up means like make out or more. Yeah. I don't know if to adults in 1995, it meant that that might have been like, so you and I now, because we grew up where that was our slang. Say, think like hook yeah. up implies that, a sexual, implies some sort of sexual contact. And that I occurred that to me. There's just okay. like so many different ways to phrase it. Like yeah. it's strange, like end up with, or I don't know. It just seemed strange to me. Yeah. Go steady with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be betrothed um, yeah uh, okay so yeah um, I noticed uh, so everyone's 
of all the secrets that have come out, no one ever mentions Fun Bobby and the underwear again. Um, we do get back to the porno, but people seem to be really hung up on Chandler's on the nipple. extra nipple. Yeah. Uh, including, like, uh, Ross picks up the, like, little milk thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, at a coffee shop, whatever you call the little thing. Look, I take my coffee black. I don't know what these things are. All right, the, um, like the creamer. Yeah, caddy. Yeah, and he's and he's like, oh, we're we're out of milk. Chandler, can you help us out? And holds it in front of. Him. But the reason that was funny is because like just two weeks ago, Ross was so grossed out by the idea of drinking human milk. Yeah. that she, he's yeah. really turned a corner. Yeah. on this. I didn't recall that, but yeah, subject good, he could good pull. Um, he's really made peace with it these past few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So Rachel, like, the, the, the meat of the episode is that Ross hasn't been able to consummate the relationship. Right. He hasn't hooked up in our terminology <laughs> right. with Juliet, despite it being months. Right. Um, and this is, uh, first Rachel starts like throwing out some like n- negative, like misogynistic stereotypes about like, is she frigid or I can't remember what she said, cold in bed or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, is it because Julie's so cold in bed? Yeah. I, like, didn't, I didn't like no. all that. Yeah. Um, or the, because she's bossy and whatever. And it yeah. seems like, um, no, but it turns out it's Ross as we, this one we did learn before that the woman he used to be married to, which is either Carol or Susan. I'll never remember. Carol. Carol is the only one he ever slept with. Yes. Um, so, and it's been a while. Um, and so this is Julia's new territory in many ways. And he's, he's the one with cold feet. Yeah. Uh, cause he's putting a lot of pressure on it. And it just like, it kind of sucks that he's coming to Rachel as a friend about this. And Rachel is sabotaging him because well, she doesn't want him to have sex with Julie. He wants, yeah. She wants to ruin the relationship. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Her behavior is, is bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she first starts out saying like, there's nothing sexier than a man who doesn't want to have sex with you. Um, which like, it's such a, it's like counterintuitive because like, why would you want to be sexy to women if not to have sex with them? You know, like it's just, yeah, it's not very thought thought out. out. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, I mean, this show can do real shit, but, yeah. Sometimes it's, it could be also be real sitcom and that's, yeah. a, this is a real sitcom like of like the, the level of suspension of disbelief right. required to, 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 to believe that these people exist and have grown to the age they have <laughs> with this kind of, uh, understanding of relationships. Here's a question. So, okay. How long are we to understand that Julie has been in New York? Okay. That's a good question. With Ross. How long was Ross in China? He was only there a week. See, I think they're fudging the, the numbers a little bit. Okay. Because I think it's supposed to be fall. Okay. Or like at least like, yeah, like early fall like it is because this episode aired in October, which we'll get to later, obviously, uh-huh. <laughs> the, the air date. Um, so I think within the world it is supposed to be October, but also that means but he would have come back in like early June. Okay. So it's so, been months. But I don't think it, because later Rachel, when she is pulling her new tack of just like yeah. stalling. So they are like tiring them out. I don't understand what yeah. the, her plan right. is to just yeah. keep them up all night. So they are too tired to fuck or something. Right. Like they um, won't tomorrow. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she says something like she, she, I think she says like, you've been 
we've been hanging out with you for the past two months or some the past couple okay. months. Okay. Like I didn't catch that, but so let's say two months. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm answering, I'm giving way more information than yes. you were looking for. Yes. In this question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess my question was, would you move, like, would you move to New York and start a relationship with someone who you'd never slept with? So, wait, she didn't move to New York for Ross, though. Right, they were on the same, yeah, yeah, yeah. I they, guess. They knew each other from, like, grad school or something. Yes. And then they reconnected, but I think she already lived, and or they were she on had the, recently moved to New York. Okay, and they so, just so happened to be on the same flight? I'm not Well, they were on the same, because they're both, they have similar professions. So I, right. my understanding is they were, the thing that he was in China for was a work thing. Okay. And I... My understanding was that Julie, whatever her job is, she was also in uh, attending that work thing. Hmm. Okay. Because like I said, they went to the same grad school, so they're clearly like they have the same... Same line of work? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, that was pointless. No, we got a lot of good um, uh, uh, speculative math out of it. (laughs) Well, yeah. I, I guess like two months in a like relationship as adults, like wouldn't you be like, what the fuck? It would be very weird. Yeah. 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 Okay. And maybe it is. And maybe I'm sure they talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Ross is just making things worse. Uh, yeah. With his, but I, I mean, I, 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 I can't help but feel for the guy. I mean, like that, that situation seems believable that if you had only had sex with one person. Right. Ever. Yeah. And not just once you had sex with that person for years, married them, had a kid with them. Yeah. And then that person turned out to like have never been into the sex. Right. And then you don't have sex with anyone else for right. a year and a half. It would take a little while. It to, would be yes. a weird thing to get back into. I, yes. I buy it. Okay. Uh, all right. So the other storyline here is uh, Phoebe goes to see Duncan. We've been calling him Steve Zahn. His the character's name Duncan. And we, so we learn that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, he, Duncan is both Canadian and gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometime in the past, Phoebe married him for like his green card. Mm-hmm. Or, um, he's back in town because he tours with the ice capades. He's back in town and uh, he wants to see her. And so she goes to see him in his dressing room at the ice capades or is she multiple times. She just calls it the, the capades, yeah. which I didn't like the first time. But liked it. She did. <laughs> I liked it. Okay. Um, but we'll get later to actually get to why I didn't like it the first time. But I'm, uh, that's a little tease for later. Uh, so it turns out Duncan is not gay. Right. He's straight. He's in love with a woman. He wants to marry her and he needs Phoebe to divorce him. Give to, him to, to give sign him. the divorce yeah. papers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it went on a lot. Like, I know it was funny, but it went on too long about like the whole reverse coming out as straight. Yeah. Like it just like. I can't help. I was born this way or, you know, I experimented in college. Like it just like went too long. They, they definitely wrung everything they, they could. Drew it <laughs> yeah. Out. yeah. They sucked all the life of that joke. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, and also I was saving this for, for later with like running things, but like also it's the fact that they've been to this well a number of times, mm-hmm. you know, we, you and I loved, Phoebe talking about Monica's hair as if it were like a patient. Yes. You know, yes. we loved that. Yeah. But they keep going to this, like, let's, 
we're talking about one thing, but we're using the structure and terminology yeah. that is familiar to the audience from talking about a different thing. Yes. And so I think there's a, it's a diminishing returns on that. Maybe part of the reason that we were both kind of losing our patience with it is because they've done it. This is at least the third time this season they've done it. Yeah. And we're only in episode four. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, where was I with this? So, um, we, yeah, we talked, we talked about everyone hanging out at Ross Ross's, mm-hmm. uh, which is, um, well, I guess we didn't bring up that like it broke Phoebe's heart when like Duncan, you know, came out as gay, you know, because like she was in she was love in, with him. Yeah. So when she's like, she's planning on going to see him, she like wears a cute dress. Mm-hmm. Like she very much dresses up and Monica is like, Oh, Phoebe's like, what are you doing? Like, this is not going to happen for yeah. you. And you know, it's, it's just kind of sad. Like I feel for Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. She and she clearly, asks like, she's hung you, up on this yeah. guy. And she asks like, if you, if you knew you were straight back when we were friends, yeah. would I have been the one? And then she's like, never mind, don't answer. That was a, a sad moment. Yeah. And they did have a kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, uh, she <laughs> angles to get set up with his brother. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. Like there's always that joke in like TV shows and movies is like, Oh, this person is unavailable, but they're sibling. And it's like, gross. It's gross, but also, like, siblings aren't, like, always similar to one another, right. you know? It's, you're assuming that he's, like... A, like Duncan. A copy of you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, oh, I have a twin with the same exact personality <laughs> and every... Like, the same exact life and personality. Well, that's what Barney, uh, Barney Stinson believes, that yeah, twins are, that's true. are one person. That's true. But he's wrong. So, yeah, we talked about... Um, uh, so Phoebe signs the divorce papers. Like, yeah, you mentioned they, they kiss. Uh, Rachel's trying to keep them up talking all night about themselves to keep them from having sex somehow. She's being awful. And then we get the scene in the hallway where she continues to try and sabotage mm-hmm. him. But then it turns into a very charged moment of her, mm-hmm. like, describing... Like a sexual encounter. He, he, she's ostensibly describing to Ross how he should kiss Julie, but she's describing how she would like to be kissed by Ross. Yes. And, um, what I made, uh, note of here is that I, as much as I hate Rachel's behavior in this episode, this is a fantastic Jennifer Aniston episode mm-hmm. from the, that opening thing with the pigeon. Again, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad about it, about, about the, for the pigeon, but she's great in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yep. Her, when she slides the thing onto the, oh. she slides the, 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 the pot with the pigeon in onto the plate and she makes this like ee, this noise the yeah. entire time. Yeah. And then this, this, uh, this scene of her talking in detail about how he should kiss Julie is like ridiculous, but like I, I buy that she's feeling these things right now. It's a really, really fantastic Jennifer Aniston episode. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. She had a lot of good, um, a lot of good scenes. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of like, sexual energy between the two of them and she basically just like horns them up to go have sex with julie yeah and you apparently know? it works it because, backfired uh backfired for her but for it worked her. for him yeah because uh the tag of the episode is him doing <laughs> dancing s- along to singing in the rain yeah which is great and then like um like 
a few like old ladies like on a park bench like oh he got some last night and he's like twice, twice. and they're like oh yeah um another good jennifer aniston uh scene was in central park when she was saying to him that like oh men who don't want to have sex with you are sexy when like she was talking him out of having sex mm-hmm. And she could tell that like Ross was like thinking about it. So she was like success. And the way she walked away and like threw her dish towel over her shoulder, yeah, like did a little sachet, confident like, little yeah. sachet. Yeah, that, that was, was good. That yeah. was good. Well, let's do you have any other observations you want to make before we move on to funniest moments in this episode? I had a question. Okay. Um, when they go to Ross's for the like dinner party with Julie, like we've talked about it before. Ross lives Nearby, like in a nearby building, we think. Well, we, we've talked about it before with like when Phoebe like came over for breakfast and it was like how how big, a, how so far. So they all live in like, like close vicinity. I guess so, Walking yeah. distance. Because Monica brought over an uncovered pie. So like they can't get on public transit, right? And it's like, okay. it's cold outside. You'd think you would like tent it. So yeah. it would have to be so close that like a pie wouldn't get destroyed. She baked an apple pie. And then just, yeah. and then just brought it uncovered, which I, I was like, I couldn't even concentrate on anything in that scene. Like, <laughs> is it next door? Yeah, that's a great point. That would be the only way this would be feasible. Yeah. They, well, they've never, I mean, I feel like every... And it's October, so it's cold in New York right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, first, I, I feel like every um, like New York set sitcom takes place in the Upper West Side unless otherwise... Uh, right, right, <laughs> uh, right. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Unless otherwise stated. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's kind of... That's the same neighborhood that I assume Barney and... Uh, 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 Ted and Marshall live in, right. but we know that Robin lives in Brooklyn because that was in the very first episode. Right. But would you get like on the subway with like a, just an open dish of food? Of course not. Yeah. Or even in a cab. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. So they walked there. So, okay. We've established. Yeah. Different building, but yeah. Easy Na- a neighboring building. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they I weren't like wearing coats. Do you know it? Like yeah, they, well, it's early October. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe the uh, um, the opposite of what Christopher Moltisanti says when it's cold in October. The frost is not on the pumpkin. Right. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Should we move on to funniest moments in this episode of Friends? Yeah. Season four, episode two. Uh, season two, episode four, rather. The one with Phoebe's husband. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with my favorite Rachel like keeps asking Julie questions about her childhood. <laughs> yes. Like forever. And then this when they finally too. leave, <laughs> Joey says to Chandler, Julie's a talker, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's not mine, but that was very funny. What's yours in that same scene. Um, now Rachel is just like asking Julie everything, like starting from childhood. Um, so it's like belabored. Everyone's like falling asleep and Rachel's the only one interested. And Rachel's like, okay, so your first grade teacher was, um, Mrs. Gob. And and Julie said, no, it's Mrs. Cobb. And then Rachel says, what exactly is in a Cobb salad? (laughs) And it's just like funny. Like, why would Julie be like the expert (laughs) on, um, she's just clearly running out of things to say. I have another one too. Uh, So do I, well, um, 
at the end of the, so we talked about the whole like drawn out coming out as straight thing, but at the end of it, like Phoebe, this is a great Lisa Kudrow reading. Like she like sums up the ridiculousness of this situation, but she says, you're married to someone for six years. You think you know him. And then he says, guess what? I'm not gay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Joey saying about, um, Chandler's third nipple. You told me it was a nubbin, <laughs> <laughs> but then like Ross questions, like, what did you think that was? Yeah. And Joey says like, it's just a word you hear. Yeah, like you hear, you, you hear something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember the exact line. That was very funny. I wish I'd, I'd written that down. Uh, my last one is when Rachel is trying to subdue the pigeon who's standing on the, funny pages from the newspaper. And she says, that's right. Read the family circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, should we move on to friends, but make it fashion? Yes. Um, all right, well I'll go first. Okay. Um, because it's the obvious one, the sort of swing in sixties dress yeah. that it's like a gingham. Is that, it's like a plaid. No, okay. I guess like, Yeah. I guess it's a plaid pattern. It's like pink and white. Yeah. I, it reminded me of a picnic table, picnic blanket, which is why I said gingham. Um, but, uh, what do you call Is that, is that a, sh- a, a type of shift dress, but it's like a tank, but I it's called a- it like a mod a line. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mini. It's very it's like mod. a mini mod mini dress. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's got the whole sixties look cause she's also got her like hair back. Her and hair is bangs. like flipped out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, that's fantastic. I picked that one first because I knew you would, uh, or I figured you would if I didn't. She looks great. Um, I also noticed in the very first scene, um, giant USA across Rachel's T-shirt. Yeah, Rachel's wearing a, it's like a long sleeve T-shirt, white T-shirt that says USA in big black letters. Yeah. Um, uh, And then it's tucked into short black shorts mm-hmm. and then she's also wearing black tights. She always does and she has great gams, but she always does like the shorts and tight tights combo. And I like it. It's a yeah. cute look. Um Phoebe also has an excellent horse blouse. Okay. Did you notice that? When uh, she's no. like telling the like the secrets when everyone's revealing their secrets, oh, she has a horse blouse. horse blouse. It's like a patchwork of different photographs of horses. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's not as good to <laughs> get Sopranos in the brain as always. Not as good as Carmela Soprano's bag blouse. Oh God, no! <laughs> nothing could be. I hope that's under the tree right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what we're talking about, find the episode. I can't remember the name of the episode um, from season two. It's the one where the guy like rewallpapers her oh yeah house, and she like has the hots for the guy, yeah. and she like puts on this blouse. It's so ridiculous. It, um, it has like in cursive purse clutch, um, boho. What it like, what are okay, all the different kinds, all of, the like, different kinds of yeah. purses, Sa- satchel, satchel. I think satchel's on there, <laughs> but like the funny thing about that is like, she, the plan is to like have like a, I don't like to, impress him like yeah. that's the scene like she had like a whole like picnic and she cooked for him and has wine and you know she was in her closet that morning like what's gonna really <laughs> seal the deal how can i dress to impress um, and i'd never seen her wear that before no i don't i doubt we'll ever see it again it's uh it was 
too too beautiful for this world. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, last make it fashion moment. How can we not mention Dunkin' Duncan's sparkly matador Icecapades outfit, yeah, which is great. Yeah. Uh, fantastic, fantastic use of Steve Zahn. Yeah, I hope. Great. I hope he comes back. I don't know if he does. I didn't know he was on the show. I, I don't know if he ever comes back. Um, but uh, I was uh, really delighted to see yeah. Steve Zahn in this yep. episode. Yep. Um, I normally I toss to you for running jokes, motifs, and foreshadowing, and I will. But there were a couple of them. We talked about the um the joke structure of talking about one thing the way you talk about something else that's mm-hmm. getting, getting yeah. kind of old. Yeah. The other thing it did that's really great grating on my nerves now is the first, there is, is there is a reason I didn't like the first time that Phoebe just referred to the ice capades as the capades. Mm-hmm. She says capades and Joey says the ice capades. And then Chandler says, no, the gravel capades. But that like that joke is another thing they've yeah. done way too often. Yeah. And it felt like it's always Chandler who does it. Yeah. Well, so yeah, Joey says something stupid. Yeah. You know, um, like, uh, you know, I called her and her machine picked up her answering machine. No, oh. her leaf blower, which that was the first one. And it was the funny one. Yeah. <laughs> because it was the first one. Right. But I think the reason I didn't like Phoebe calling the ice capades the capades is because it felt like it was just it was reverse engineered for that joke. Right. Yes. To, and you, you saw it sense. come in. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Uh, this, I, uh, uh, okay. So we, t- we talked about those two joke structures. I also don't like when, um, when Monica tells everyone about Chandler's third nipple, he calls her a B. Yeah. And I feel like that word on this show it's used way too frequently. Yeah. Rachel when, called Julie a bitch. Yes. And then Chandler said it about, uh, when, when Joey was dating, um, Veronica Mars's mom, mm-hmm. um, and couldn't have sex with her, you know? And like, he was like, she wants to have sex with me. And Chandler was like jokingly like that bitch. And it's just, it seems like it's, it's yeah. not well they're going to too often. And that yeah. word just doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. I say that, that I don't like that word, but I realize that I say the phrase son of a bitch, like a half dozen times a day, but I don't think of it to me. It's two different things. Yeah. Um, but maybe I should work on that. You should. Uh, and then last thing, you know what? Uh, this might all, this could almost qualify for like when we talk about similarities and differences, Okay. but, um, Oh, actually it does. Hmm. Should I talk about it now or should I save it? Save it. All right, I'll save it. Um, so we've talked before about parallels with Seinfeld. And I, I couldn't it. help but think about uh, the Christmas card episode of Seinfeld, wherein um, Elaine's nipple is showing in a Christmas card. Because so of there all was the like, nipple talk? Yeah, because yeah. of all the nipple talk. Yeah. Which is like one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, that's a. That's you want a, a Christmas card? Christ- you want a. Here's your Christmas card, <laughs> and I'm always trying to figure out like, how is she? Like, how is the Christmas card? It's just her alone in a Christmas card, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. And like, what is the situation with the shirt where like her nipple is showing? Okay. Is it a button up? I think with like a side. I think she's in profile. It's a button up that either she missed a button or. And just her nipple is showing. I'm saying it's in profile. The thing's open. The camera is looking right down the... AKA Kramer. <laughs> yeah, Kramer is looking sideways. The nipple is... So we're, I think we're getting a profile view of the nipple of the under nipple. a shirt. Okay. But through an open okay. blouse placket. 
Well, um, oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's something else I was going to well, say. Well, her um, coworkers also, are calling her Nip. Yeah. Um, but it also uh, suggests that she was not wearing a bra in the, in, in, for, for my at least thing to work, she has to be not wearing a bra. Yes, yeah. So she's braless, profile, button-up shirt with either a button open or just the way she's sitting, the, 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 the placket has come separated from itself. Okay. And you're looking sideways, you're getting nipple profile. Okay. Okay. I have obviously... You've thought about this. Thought about this. I have too, but I... <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot Grab your copy of the Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Should we move on? To friends, uh, how I met your mother. How we should move on to how I met your mother is what I meant to say. Yes. How I met your mother, season two, episode four. Ted Mosby, yes. architect. Okay, so we kind of start at McLaren. We actually start with a few clips of um, of a honeymoon phase between Robin and Ted. Yes, yeah, second time they've, they've done they, this. But the actual scene is at McLaren's, yeah. and um, Ted is telling the boys that he and Robin just had their first fight. And I thought it was funny that Barney's like, oh, tell me all about it and puts in headphones because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. care about relationships. Yeah. In his mind, he just wants all of them to be single yeah. and yeah. hitting on ladies. Um, so what prompted this fight was, you know, Ted, like always complaining about work. And I guess there was this job in Spokane in this building that has like a phallic, it looks like a big giant 78 story penis. Yeah. They made a lot of penis jokes about it. Yeah. Um, but Ted's the only one in the office that's like, this is repulsive. So he's complaining about his coworkers. He's complaining about work and Robin is just kind of annoyed and like tunes it out and wants to, uh, move on with her day. But it's the, the thing that's specific to it is that, from Robin's point of view, this current thing that he's talking about, the the phallic building, is just the latest in a long line of the, basically she's she's sick of Ted always complaining about his job. Right. And but that's not the fight happens not because she's like stop complaining about your job. It's because she says she doesn't ask him about her day about his day and when he says, Why didn't you? She's like, Because I already know how your day was. Right. It sucked. And so that I guess to con- I know we'll get to some of the artists differences uh, earlier, but I talked earlier about comparing like how sometimes the conflicts between characters on friends feel very contrived and sitcom. Mm-hmm. That, that seems like a real fight a couple might have, you know, like why, like, right. Cause she wasn't overly mean about it. She said something thoughtless as an aside and it, and it, it stung him. But it's also kind of like, 
uh, insult injury because Robin is like, well, I have an exciting, like my day is exciting. I'm a news reporter, like all kinds of like interesting stuff happens. You're an architect, you know, like you work in an office. So like, I think she's kind of belittling him at the same time. Yeah. Um, also in this argument, we discover that Robin dislikes field of dreams, which, with, which just pisses Ted off immensely to the point where they, that becomes what the fight is, at least in Ted's mind, Yeah, which is probably not really true, but he's never what the fight. Yeah. Yeah. But he's more offended by field of dreams, which I don't know. I I haven't seen field of dreams since I was a kid. I loved it as a kid because it's a movie my dad loved and it's, the exact the exact sort of thing they're talking about. It's a very emotional movie for young boys and yes. their dads to watch together. Yes, I've never seen uh, it. Yeah. I don't care about boys and dads or sports. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, it's got um, Gabby Hoffman in it as a little girl. Yeah, I like her. Um, it's got a great cast, but um, but she's I, like the um, like disposable kid sister who like says a quip or two, right? Well, then she ends up having a. I mean, she plays a huge part in okay. one character making an enormous decision in okay. Field of Dreams. I remember, it's, I haven't seen this movie in probably 25 years. No, I'm 39. I probably haven't seen this movie in 30 years, closer to 30 years. Yeah. Um, and I remember it so well because I watched it so much. But I don't know how it holds up. Field of Dreams might suck. I, I'm open to the idea that Field of Dreams sucks. I just know that quote, um, if we build it, they will come. If you build it. If you build it, if you build they, will it they will come. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, then Robin and Lily get, um, pedicure, Manny Petties and they're talking about it. And Lily's like, that is pretty harsh. Like he's coming to you and he wants to talk to you at the end of the day. Like maybe you should be a better listener, you know? And then, um, Robin's kind of like, yeah, you're probably right. Like I just get so bored. I'm sick of him bitching you know and they use you know that's another similarity using bitch yeah and and overly kind of the way that like i hadn't thought about this but yeah rachel talking about julie in ways that are kind of negative female stereotypes yeah Yeah. robin has some like i think she has some like internalized misogyny um yeah a a lot the way that she talks about like the way that she talks about other yeah other women it's yeah it's unkind um so yeah. And then the, the boys are kind of like, Oh, like get over her. You're an architect. Like you can have anyone you want. And then, you know, Barney makes the point that architects are sexy and everyone knows it. Which is kind of like, um, I think kind of borne out by Seinfeld. Do you remember when George pretends to be an architect? Right. Yes, that's true. Another but I, I was just thinking like how many like, romantic movies or romantic comedies is the man's job architect. Like it just seems like, because it's like you have to be smart, but there's also like a manly connotation of like building things right. and engineering. So but there's also, as they said, there's art, there's and wealth there's, yeah, there's creativity to it, but yes, there's architects wealth. are also yeah. well off. So, um, Barney makes the, um, argument that it's all about the delivery. Like if you say like Ted Mosley architect, or you could say Ted Mosley, architect, yeah. and do like Mosby. a Mosby architect, and do yeah. like a the finger gun. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Yeah, there was a finger gun. Yeah. At first, I thought he was like offer like pantomiming offering a business card, but then he did the like thumb like yeah yeah. So yeah, it was a 
definitely a finger gun. Um, so this actually works. And so they like talk to some ladies at the bar. So I don't know how to describe this as to like the way we're seeing it. Ted Mosby architect meets these two ladies. They're super fascinated with him. They laugh at everything they say. He says they love him. They end up going to a club, going home with one of the ladies. Well, first thing, because there's a big part, they go to uh, the party with Marshall's like Marshall's law school friends, law school friends. Yeah. yeah, Which is a, a big part of the, the, the episode for, for two reasons to me, there's, the thing where you see like a super drunk guy, like who wants to shave my ass or whatever. And mm-hmm. there's a freeze frame and Ted or Bob Saget, Ted says that guy went on to become a Supreme court justice, yes. which is less funny post Brett Kavanaugh yes. than it would, it would have yes. been in 2006 yes. or whatever. Um, but also, uh, the guy, I think the guy throwing the party is played by Joe Manganie- Manganiello. Um, uh, right. from, from true blood and, in the magic, magic Mike Mike, movie, yeah. movies and from being married to Sofia Vergara. Yeah. He also, I didn't see either, uh, iteration of justice league, but apparently he plays Deathstroke in justice league. Um, also at that party, Marshall like makes a big declaration that he and Lily broke up. Yeah. And no one, he expects it's going to ruin everyone's night, but they're just like telling him, what he should do legally to come out to the best yes, advantage. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that'll, yeah, we'll go back to that. Yeah. Um, so then, so I, I just wanted to mention a couple of the things about the party, but you were mentioning the club with super loud, repetitive music that hasn't changed since the nineties. That's how Ted describes, uh, techno, I guess. Yeah. We, I guess we weren't calling it EDM in 2006. EDM was like, I think we were calling it like tense. electronica. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, we see uh, Ted and this. I forgot the the girl's name. The smackable ass. <laughs> the girl with the smackable ass. Uh, was it Dawn? Dawn. I thought it started with an A. Um, well, Barney thinks it starts with an A. Okay. So we see him. Maybe, uh, we see her at like at the at the club with Ted, and then they're outside of the club. They're like leaving. Her apartment's like right across the street. So. Uh, he it's gives Anna. her Anna. Yeah. He gives her a piggyback ride and they go to her apartment to yeah. have sex supposedly. Um, but Lily and Robin are on the trail this whole time. At first Robin doesn't care because she, in her mind, she assumes the girl is fat, which has right. been a problem with Robin before. Yeah. She's not only like internalized misogyny, but also fat phobia. Yeah. And she, this has come out of her before. Um, and then Lily's like, what are you talking about? Like, it doesn't matter. They, so they go, Lily and Lily and Robin go to McLaren's and the bartender who has a crush on Lily Carl, right? Um, yes. It's like, oh, yeah. he was like, he was talking to some girls and then they left. So yeah, they're hot on yeah. the trail. They, and they go to the party after, um, Ted and Marshall had already left the party for the club. Yeah. They keep being like one they step keep, behind. Yeah. So they're on the trail. They go to the party. They said, oh, they went to the club. So they go to the club. The bouncer who was really funny at the club tells them, oh, Ted Mosby, the architect left with the girl with the smackable ass yeah. to her apartment. It's three C. 
So then they go to the apartment. Because they're in a book club together. The bouncer and Anna. And Anna. Yeah, yeah they're in a book club together. Uh, well, we, uh, the one detail I wanted to point out, it's not actually important, but it becomes important when things are revealed. When they're at the club, Robin calls Marshall. And Marshall answers Marshall, and says, like, yes. um, what, Ted? Ted's not here. He's, he's at yeah, work. Yeah, he, yeah, he's at work. And Robin's like, Marshall just lied to me. He's definitely M- cheating. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Um, so they get to apartment 3C. The door is unlocked. They walk in to find <gasps> Big Revealed Barney is um, strapped to the bed with a woman in the shower. So yeah. Barney was pretending to be Ted Mosby architect yeah. and it worked. So the whole thing, it was, it was Barney and this woman. Yeah. Um, and actually Ted was at work the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So Robin realizes she's been an asshole. So she goes to his work, brings him donuts and coffee and, um, says to him, like, I love, being the person you bitch to at the end of the day. I'm sorry. I took you for granted. Um, they, I, I really wanted to see the building. There was a lot of really funny jokes about the building looking like a peanut, like the yeah. one that made me laugh. It wasn't my funniest, but like if you trim the foliage around the building, it'll make it look bigger. Yeah. And then Ted says something like, you don't have to tell me. Or yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And I guess we learned that the first building Ted ever built was in Spokane. Well, it's the building. So that's kind of laying a seed. Like he drew like on spec. Yeah. A design. We see like the blueprint or we, we yeah. just see the back of it. Yeah. But like it's implying that he's going to end up stealing this contract out from her or getting like promoted or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we will meet the architect he works for. I'm not going to tell you who it's played by, but it is a, it's a big name. I don't know if you want to make any guesses, but it's a big name. Um, um, you don't have to make any guesses. Okay. <laughs> it's a big name. Okay. Also, someone who um, appeared on Seinfeld. And um, he was already a big name in 2006, but in a couple of years after, he would go on to be an even bigger name. Anyway, so those are your clues as to who plays the architect. Okay. All right. Uh, sorry. Um, I also wanted to point out that um, I don't know if it's Robin. I don't know if it's Kobe Smulders, who is also Canadian, saying sorry, sorry. or if she's like playing it up to like remind the audience that Robin is also Canadian. Yeah. But I, I don't know. She got a really, it was a really heavy sorry in there. Yeah. Oh, like the, I guess, is it the the final like little tag at the end, like Barney's trying to escape from the woman's apartment yeah. and he can't remember her name. So he writes a letter, dear resident. Yeah. He carries a form letter. Yeah. He carries uh, a form letter. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And then the letter is about him like being a ghost <laughs> and appearing every decade. And then he signs it off as Barney. Yeah. And we see the woman read it. And he's like, she's like, who's Barney? <laughs> yeah. Um, couple of things I want to mention. First of all, I must have been looking at the cast list because I said, was her name Dawn? The actress who plays her is named Dawn Olivieri. So I must have seen okay. the cast and that's why I thought it was Dawn. Anyway, um, I did love her cute little studio apartment. Oh my gosh. It her was bed, so tiny. Yeah. Her the, bed was like right next to the fridge. Yeah. Like literally like. But it wasn't like, I didn't understand. It wasn't like a Murphy bed or a pullout bed. It was like a full like brass bed. 
Oh, you don't think I, I thought it might might have folded up, folded in. I don't think so. Like maybe like a futon or like a. It didn't seem that way, and I thought it was like, oh, this is just like joke joke prop. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Um, did you catch the really <laughs> weird art on the wall? Yeah, the like the two like were they like flam- like tango dancers or or whatever? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was two yeah. separate. Yeah. Diamond-shaped pieces, one with, like, a man and one with a woman dancing toward each other, but they were separate pieces. Yeah. I was really taken by it. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we um, uh, also end with a, or not quite end, but end with a December s- song. Which is a little on the nose. It's, um, I dreamt of being an architect. Here I dreamt I was an yeah. architect. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, definitely... If I have to, if I'm going to, you're going to make me choose between an episode ending with Singing in the Rain <laughs> or a December song. Right. I like the December as much as the next guy, but I, Singing in the Rain wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, should we move on to funniest? Funniest moments. Yeah. Um, mine was a Marshall line. It was, um, can we cease and desist with the lawyer talk? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we kind of already covered my main one, which was him. Barney trying to think of her name and then saying, I'll just put resident. <laughs> that was funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the other one that I'll, um, that I'll, uh, point out is when the, the first time Robin actually begets, starts to get worried is when she finds out that Ted went to the club because she says dancing leads to sex. And Lily says, did you grow oh, yeah. up in that footloose town? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, all right. Um, should we go on to how I met your mother, but make it fashion? Um, well, also I wanted to comment on, um, just the building. It's the whole package and, Oh yeah. Don't give me the shaft. I want to, I want a unit in that building. Yeah. And then, Oh, there was another one that I can't remember now. Cause it was, it was, it was Barney and Marshall making these double entendres. Yeah. And then finally at the end, Ted makes one and I can't remember what it was. I don't remember it either. Um, okay. Should we make it fashion? Yeah. Um, (laughs) wait, what's his name? Joe, Joe uh, Manganiello. Did you see his shirt? Nature was good to me. Yeah. (laughs) That was my only, I want an only. Oh, okay. Well, I, um, I have one, I have one good one and one bad one. And you, you could guess listeners at this point could guess the good one is Lily and the bad one is Robin. Um, yeah. Lily in her business cash. Um, well, for Robin is wearing a, is, was the leather belt, the enormous leather belt part of the outfit or was it an accessory? In any case, it was awful. I think it's an accessory. Okay. It was terrible. It's, it's, uh, she was almost wearing like a leather cummerbund. It was like a corset almost. It was too big. Yeah. Um, do you have a headache? Yeah, a little bit. I'm sorry. This feels really good. Yeah. I can see rubbing her temples. Um, uh, it looks like you're like, I'm trying to remember the outfit, <laughs> but no, you're actually, the cummerbund. um, but yeah, Lily is wearing like a sort of a ribbed Brown sweater with like a scoop neck over like, what looks like a, like a polyester, very seventies shirt. Yeah. You know, it, it like, it reminded me of the shirts, like in the nineties, like dudes would wear kind of ironic. Like you could say, like you could tell in TV shows, like, Oh, that guy's cool. It's like a throwback. Like Xander on Buffy would yeah. wear that kind of like, like polyester pattern, like with a big collar. Often they were like shiny. Yeah. 
Yeah, and this one kind of was too. I knew a guy in high school who wore those shirts all the time, and we gave him the name Shiny Shirt Sean, <laughs> and he knew it, and he was okay with it. Um, He's got a thing. That's good. Yeah, Shiny Shirt Sean. Um, yeah, I, I thought that Lily, like I thought it was cute, but I don't know if it like fit the what she was doing in it, you know, like running around to like bars and clubs. It, it was very like business cash to me. Okay. Okay. I just thought it was a good with the, the orangish shirt and the brown orange and brown yeah. is a color combo that I like. I'm just glad she's not wearing like maxi dresses anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, running, running jokes. Now, how many know there's full of running jokes? We didn't have a, have you met? We didn't have a high five. We didn't have any of those. We didn't have a legendary, but in terms of motifs, this has two of the main ones. Nonlinear storytelling mm-hmm. and an unreliable narrator. Yes, yes. That that like we jump around in time and we find out by the end that what we've been seeing isn't exactly what happened. Yes, yes. Um. So yeah, I liked I liked that. Yeah. Um. Also, running joke: uh, Robin is a gun nut. <laughs> oh right, she mentions like. She, she has to like give up her. She has clutch. to give her clutch to the. Um, <laughs> you have to cross one thing off of Carmelo's blouse. Yes, <laughs> no yes, no clutch. Um, but the uh, security guard at um, the club. Yeah, which is called Posers, by the way. Yeah. Um, he wants her purse, and she's like, "You're lucky I didn't," because she has to empty it. You're lucky I didn't bring my gun. Yeah, you're lucky. I'm, this is my small purse. Yeah, it doesn't fit my gun. Or yeah, so like she's that. a gun yeah. nut. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, overall similarities and differences. I have one, just a small thing, and then uh, one more material thing. Oh, there was another gross thing that Barney said I forgot to mention before. Okay. Um, also, like fat phobia, which we get a lot from friends. In the letter to the woman that he just oh, slept yeah. with, um, I'll like see you in another decade, um, provided you keep your figure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. But also I setting aside the fat phobia, that is a funny way to word it. (laughs) Provided Provided you keep keep your your figure figure. like from a ghost, like a ghost is (laughs) saying this. Um, okay. So similarities and differences. The, the, the small one is that both episodes featured Canadians. Robin's Canadian. Duncan's Canadian. Yeah. Um, which I didn't even think of until I heard Robin say, "Sorry." sorry. Yeah. Um, but the bigger thing, and I think it's a problem on both shows, or it's a problem with sitcoms in general on both shows, but I do think How Many Mothers may be a little bit uh, wiser about it. But this thing of like men not knowing what women want and just the idea mm, of yeah. what women want being like a monolith. Like right. every woman wants, like Robin is, or Rachel is telling Ross, like, oh, women love it when you do this, and women love it when you do this. And then Barney is saying, women love architects, mm, <laughs> or, yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I, both things feel outdated to me yes. now. I don't know if a sitcom, a sitcom aimed at this demographic wouldn't, have those kind of storylines today. I would hope not. Yeah. But I'm saying, but I, I think the sitcoms, how many of them is kind of one of the last of, of these kind of, cause now like traditional sitcoms mm-hmm. 
are aimed at a different audience. Right. We're not getting like two and a half men. But I'm saying like the How You Met Your Mother of more recent times is like you're the worst. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's yeah. the that's the trajectory. Whereas the the network sitcom and I'm not saying they're bad, Superstore is great, but they're no longer trying to get like I don't know what you would call our demographic, like uh, educated white people in their in their thirties, their twenties and thirties. You know, that's not. I don't think there's any network sitcom. Happy Endings might have been the last, and it was like beloved by the people who found it, but it was not a high rated show. You're the worst was FX. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. trajectory. That's okay. where that's where that that's where it's going. That's where okay. that audience is now. Right, 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 right. And so. Um, I don't think we're seeing these kind of storylines on, on, on near the worst because the audience has gotten that audience at least is more sophisticated and, um, or, or at least more wary of sex more. Uh, yeah. And, 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 um, more comfortable with men and women being friends and knowing things about each other. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's very like eighties and I guess nineties too, to be like, um, like battle of the sexes, yeah. like women are from whatever, you know, yeah. like, and I feel like yeah. friends goes to that. Well, so often. Yeah. 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 And we see it with here and how I met, how I met your mother as well. Although there's something, I, I think there's something to be said for, um, <laughs> the fact that, like, it's funny that it works that, that Barney's right. Like, that's just funny that he's like, women love architects. And then it turns out that the, the specific women he meets, do uh, I think I think that's funny? Maybe there's least. a similarity here. Help me out. Okay. Um, when Rachel tries to convince Ross to not have sex with Julie, like Ross ends up having a conversation with Joey, and Joey's like, "Yeah, go for it. Like, have sex with her. Like, yeah. what are you waiting for?" And yeah. it's very much like a Barney move to be like, yeah. "What are you doing? Why are you like overcomplicating things? Just like have sex. It'll yeah. make you happy." Yeah, absolutely. Joey is the, is the Barney is the, the Barney. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think mean, we've, we've done this before of trying to like, we have map done this who's, before, who's but, yeah. Who, but um, yeah, Joey's Joey's the, we didn't the even Barney. see that conversation. We just were told that this conversation happened and we're like, Oh, of course, you know, like we can see that happening. Yeah. All right. Um, is, do you have any other similarities or differences you want to cover? Uh, nope. Well, now we get to play favorites. All right. Three, two, one. Friends. How I Met Your Mother. It was this was, a, this was a close one. I think some of that uh, contrived sitcominess on on Friends is what un, undid it. What uh, what for you won the day for Friends or lost the day for How I Met Your Mother? Um, what won the day is this. Um, I like this Phoebe storyline. Um, I like Steve Zahn. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I liked the friends in a different locale. Like, I liked them all at Ross's apartment. That's exciting, it yeah. Switches it up a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess How I Met Your... I liked this episode of How I Met Your Mother. I was just... Um, yeah, I guess it didn't do it for me. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce. How were we doing? Mm-hmm. This is where we look at how we were doing in the world mm-hmm. uh the weeks the days these episodes aired 
Friends season two, episode four, the one with Phoebe's husband aired on Thursday, October 12th, 1995, which is the day that Walt Disney world in Florida welcomed its 500 millionth guest. Wow. Uh, have you been to Walt Disney world in Florida? Yes. When I was very young, I went on a Disney cruise um, and we went to Epcot Center and Walt Disney World. Exciting. I also, when I was very young, I don't remember much of it. Yeah. It was pouring rain. I remember like being like uncomfortable, but also loving the uh, Norway ride at Epcot. That was like the highlight really? of the whole trip. I don't even remember that. Yeah. I remember, so- I literally don't remember anything about um, Walt Disney World. I, I have memories from that trip from when I was little. Yeah. Which I've told you, like I remember that my younger, my at the time my youngest brother, because my youngest brother wouldn't even have been born yet. So my youngest brother at the time, Christopher, uh, had to sit on t- a telephone book uh, to eat his breakfast cereal in the hotel room. That's like a memory for some reason. Yeah. Um, I remember Bush Gardens, Tampa. We so we must have gone like to a couple places on that trip. We did Walt Disney World and Bush Gardens, Tampa. I remember Bush Gardens for some reason better than I remember Walt Disney World. And mm-hmm. then I actually have a very sweet memory that I think I've told you before of in the hotel room, which was near the beach, being up early. My mom was up early. So my mm-hmm. dad and my sister, and my brother were still asleep. And my mom was like, let's go out of the beach and find seashells. And so I have this memory of like, Cute. at like probably like six o'clock, six thirty in the morning at like five years old, collecting seashells with my mom on the beach. That's, that's a sweet memory that I have from that. So yeah, you'd think that you'd like the beach more. <laughs> <laughs> I like the beach just fine. Okay. Um, and then of course we have to talk about, the top five songs uh, okay. in, in the U.S. Okay. Mariah Carey's Fantasy. Got it. It's all the same. Mariah Carey's Fantasy, Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise, Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone, uh, Janet Jackson's Runaway. I like that. Jackson siblings on yeah. the chart together. And Seal's Kiss from a Rose, which a listener, uh, as I told you, did, uh, we were talking last week. Oh, describe the video. What we were asking, does that video have clips from Batman and Robin? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. No, Batman Forever. I don't know. Yes, Batman Forever. Okay. The way that the Smashing Pumpkins end is the beginning is the end has clips from Batman and Robin. Right. Because it was the lead single, I guess, from that movie soundtrack. Um, so those are the, those are your top five. Great. Season two, episode four of How I Met Your Mother, which is called Ted Mosby Architect, aired on Monday, October 9th, two thousand six. Okay. The day that North Korea claimed to have conducted its first ever nuclear test. Oof. Um, also the day that Google announced they were buying YouTube, um, which I didn't realize that happened because YouTube like was still very new. Uh, Like, I feel like, I feel like YouTube didn't exist before like 2005. Yeah. So I didn't realize that Google had bought it that early. I, 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 or at least I had forgotten that. I'm sure I realized it. You know, what's funny. I remember like hearing it all the time before I saw it written and I, YouTube. Yeah. Okay. And I remember in my mind it was the letter U, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's a, see. What a dummy. Um, ben Ki-moon was nominated to succeed, succeed Kofi Annan as the United Nations Secretary General. Okay. Um, let's see. And all the, the, a bunch of other stuff about the North Korean nuclear test. And then 
the exciting part, top five songs in the U.S. Uh, okay, there's a song on here that I'm hoping you remember. Okay. Because I, I remember the band, but I don't remember this song. Okay. But it's number five, so we'll get to it. Okay. All right, at number one, Justin Timberlake's Sexy Back. At number two, Ludacris's Moneymaker. At number three, Hinder Lips of an Angel, which we've like decided <laughs> is like a fake song invented by a corporation. Um, number four, the phrase How to Save a Life, which did, debuted last week and, yeah. and is still there. And then number five, Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Yes. Um, Do you remember? I, I remember Snow Patrol. Just Chasing Cars. But I don't I feel remember. like I can hear it. Um... You're looking up the lyrics? Yeah, I'm hoping it'll... Jog your memory? Yes. Yeah, I... Uh, um, Can you pull it? Uh, what, the lyrics? We'll do it all, everything on our own. We don't need anything or anyone. Oh, if I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie with me or just forget the world? Maybe I don't know it. Um, All right. Well, let's move on to our final segment, which is called Challenge Accepted. Mm -hmm. And this is where we make predictions about what's going to happen on next week's episode based only on the episode titles and any pre-existing knowledge we might have. Um, Now, I... um, uh, I definitely get a point this time. I think I do, too. Because I said... We find out Phoebe's got hitched. Yeah. Which is that, that's my, um, my, and, and I obviously I do the bit where I write it in a funny, like old timey way, but specifically my prediction was that we find out that she is married, yes. not that she was married. Yes. And I was right. Yes. So I, I should get a point. You said Ted attempts to arouse the green monster in Robin by throwing around his flashy profession. I mean, that's kind of right. I think it's close enough to write that we can, we can call it, call it a draw. Yeah. Which means we're still tied. Okay. Tied up. Um, so let's look, this is where you have to vamp. Okay. As we look at the next week's titles. Okay. I don't have the fearless fire in front of me. Okay. But let's say, do you want to sing a few more bars of chasing cars? (laughs) No, I'm just, what about counting blue cars? Can you sing? can you sing counting blue cars by dishwalla? And you know how that goes? Yes. How does that go? Wait, sing. <laughs> I can't remember. I just remember the name of their song. Cars. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about Counting Crows? How many Counting Crows songs can you Peppermint sing? Jojos. <laughs> it's just, you've got the fearless flyer committed to memory. Just from memory. Um, um, Uncommon fr- Cheddar. Uh, Friends season five is called The One with Five Steaks and an Eggplant. Um, so I'm going to predict the eggplant is Phoebe's. I'm going to predict they go to dinner. They go to a steakhouse because we know that Phoebe from this episode, there was talk about, she was so broken up over Duncan that she ate a cheeseburger, cheeseburger, but she generally doesn't eat meat. Um, so, uh, I'm going to say, um, let's see, let's see. The gang orders a round of, I'm going to say T-bones like to be funny. It doesn't have to be T-bones. <laughs> <laughs> <Nope. laughs> orders a T-bones 
but Phoebe swaps in an egg plant. You would hate that. You hate eggplant. I do not like the texture of eggplant. Yeah. But I like baba ganoush, so if you... You like the flavor of it. Yeah, if you like Mash make it, it uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you change the way it yeah. feels. Change its properties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do not like the texture of eggplant. Okay. But I could see myself coming around on this. Yeah. I talked about this on my other podcast, which is called Battle for Pretension. With most foods that I don't like, I make a point every once in a while yeah. of trying them again to see if I still like them. Taste change. Which, yeah, yeah. And which is, I mean, I was a very picky eater as a kid. Now there's only a handful of things I don't like, which is basically Some like... Some of the best foods, though. Eggplants, olives, and pickles. Yeah, like the three best foods. <laughs> Those are like the only things I think that I still don't like. Um, cottage cheese is one of them. Oh, I've also... But cottage cheese is a different category. I have never never tasted cottage cheese, and I probably never will. I yeah. think the, the ship has sailed. Okay. On that. Okay. Okay. So I have to, um, or you have to predict what happens. How I met your mother. On how I met your mother. Season two, episode five, world's greatest couple. Um, okay. Um, so I'm going to say this is about Ted and Robin. Okay. So having had their first fight past them, they're in such a good place that they are, um, I guess, bragging to everyone how great their relationship is. Okay. So they're, they're the world's greatest couple, much to the chagrin of everyone around them. Okay, I'm going to write. Um, Ted and Robin are schmoopying about. Yes. Getting on everyone's. <laughs> every last. Every nerve. last nerve. Um, so, yeah, another Seinfeld reference. Yeah. Real quick. Do you have a, do you have a guess as to who plays Ted's boss? Um, Someone who was on Seinfeld who I'm went on to be a bigger deal. Say he went on to become a bigger deal after Seinfeld he became a bigger deal. Then he was like in between Seinfeld and How I Met Your Mother, he was definitely a name, and then after How I Met Your Mother, he became a big name. Give me a hint. I said he was on. I've given. We need to give me a hint. I just gave you like. I mean, three sentences of hints. Give me another hint. Just pick the Seinfeld guest stars that uh, are our names in mail. I can't think of one. All right. Well, uh, you've dodged. Uh, you've you've dodged the the bullet here. Uh, uh, I was. I wanted to to pin you to something here, but um, just to lord it over you. Okay, tell me. I'm not going to tell you. You'll find out when you get there. What are the initials? No, I know. If you guessed it, I would tell you if you got it right. But uh, otherwise, you will discover it when we watch the episode. Okay, that'll be fun. Okay. Well, uh, you can find this episode where you find other podcasts. Uh, as well as at battleshippretension.com, which is also where you can find my other podcast, which is called Battleship Pretension. It's where you can find my movie reviews and all sorts of other fun movie-related things. You can email me at david at battleshippretension.com, and you can 
follow me on Twitter at Davy Pretension. Um, Natalie, we mentioned it earlier, but remind people what your Twitter handle is. Uh, tasty cocktails. What is it? Seasonal, <laughs> seasonal bevies. Festive recipes. Festive recipes. <laughs> At festive recipes. No. Um, yeah, you don't need to find me, but you should subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, tell your mothers. If you have some recommendations or thoughts, share with us. We like to know that people are listening. Yeah. We're not just yeah, we we have appreciated we've gotten um some some tweets and comments and, and stuff recently. I we we very much appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. So until next time, see you at posers. <laughs> <laughs>